0: Officially in round two of the NBA playoffs, I think we're, we're pretty much right where we thought we would be. I know, Biggie, you had the Spurs getting into the second round, but unfortunately that did not happen.
1: Yeah, apparently if it was anybody other than Coach Pop, they'd be saying how bad of a coach he was because his players didn't realize they should foul down forward 30 seconds left.
0: <laughs> well, he was trying to get him to foul, wasn't he? I mean, that's what I saw on the uh, sideline. He was waving
1: his arms and trying to get him to do something. He was far enough out on the court they could have called a tee on him.
0: I mean, I think that's one of the series if he wins that, then all of a sudden you know, that that conversation about him being the greatest coach of all time gets uh, a little inflated because he he did that with a seven seed. But he's still a great coach anyway, and the Spurs are a roster full of uh, I think a bunch of people – most people don't know. I mean, could you name all starters on the Spurs?
1: I couldn't name all the starters, but – playing as well as they did in the Western Conference. is just a big nod to Popovich as a coach. Takeaway championships part of it. Phil Jackson gives everybody that, 10-11 championships. Popovich the greatest coach in the history of the league, at least in a modern era.
2: I mean, it was the worst possible matchup for the Nuggets. When they saw they had to draw the Spurs, you know, they weren't liking that matchup. It was the two versus seven seed. The Spurs gave them everything they could ask for and then some. and went seven games. The Nuggets pulled it out because of home home court. Uh, now the Nuggets are moving on to the Blazers. They actually destroyed the Blazers game one, which surprised me, and we're going I, to get into that.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the Blazers coming out of the first round, you know, we we were – we technically talked last week, but due to uh, a multitude of issues, there was no show, but the conversation still took place, and we all felt pretty good about the Blazers maybe having the easiest path to the conference finals and maybe even potentially into the finals if the Rockets and the Warriors kill themselves, you know, trying to beat each other. They're a sexy pick. And, and now, all of a sudden, they're not sexy. Now they look like the... Never mind, I'm not even going there, but they don't look as sexy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like, I still like the
2: Blazers. But the only thing I'm concerned about for the Blazers is they have no one inside with Cantor or Hurt that can contain the Joker. So I think the Blazers could still do it, but inside the Nuggets are going to destroy them.
0: Uh, the Joker might be the best big man passer, I, I think, in the league. I, just watching that series in game one, that guy's unreal. With And the entire offense almost goes through him on half their possessions. I mean, that big guy just gets the ball and, it's amazing to watch how he works he, he gets at the top of the key and then just tries to go in a couple feet until somebody gets on him next thing you know he's making some backdoor pass to somebody I mean he he is not known by most uh, you know people that casually follow the NBA but I'm a, I'm a fan I, I'm, I'm coming
1: around to this guy As far as on the perimeter big man uh, awareness ability to pass he reminds me of Lotte D box you know, Hall he's out famer. there. You can get that 18-footer. He'll throw a little behind-the-back pass so when you ain't ready for it, just this chalky white guy out there making plays.
0: Does he have the flop down, though? Because Vladi had the flop down. No
1: one well, Vladi owned that. the flop. Vladi was the, the flopper,
0: flopper before floppers existed.
1: Yeah, he was a flopper before you got fined for it.
2: <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this, though, both of you. We were all in on the Blazers. At least we liked what they were doing. We saw what Denver did to the Blazers game one do we did, are we all jumping ship now and saying that it's the Nuggets
0: series after one game I'm fair I'm, staying, I'm staying with the blazers I'm fair weather I jumped off real quick. All right, I am no so nuggets I, I'm oh, not on either bigger. Joker. No, no no but no I'm in the in the middle now because I was full on for the blazers. And then the Nuggets get that dominant win, and that, now I'm just like, I don't even know. Maybe you know, it
2: shows you the Spurs are better yeah. than everyone thought they were.
0: Maybe they were. Maybe the. I mean, we just got done talking about how they pushed Denver to seven, and it was probably the best seven seed in NBA history. Absolutely. You know, and and here we are with Denver now, and and they they went to work. Now that that was home court, you know, and and maybe that's part of it. Maybe you know, Portland will bounce are back. Are they supposed they, to win that game? Well, I mean, all they, all Portland's got to – yeah, Denver's supposed to win. All Portland's got to do is still one in Denver, right?
1: Yep. Hey, Biggs, you jumping ship too? What do you think? Hell no. Hell no. I'm all over the Blazers and my boy, Dan Lillard. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a diehard Bulls fan. I have been my whole life. But that guy gets it. He stayed in Portland for – wanting to win and build there he gets how life works realize he's a privileged athlete making millions of dollars i'm all over the blazers so let's go i'm not
0: I, i'm thinking about the the least stronghold stance i could possibly take i'm not jumping ship i'm kind of in between boats right now just swimming because I, i'm not sure who's going to win this series I, I still would like to see portland because i think their upside's a lot higher and denver's just not really battle tested except for that first round
2: I saw uh, what you posted there, Biggs, this week about Mr. Little about the pressure situation, and he was basically like, pressure? What pressure? I'm an NBA player. You know, that's to single moms, you know, single dads out there doing their thing, trying to figure out how they're going to pay the bills and that type of stuff. And he's like, I'm a basketball player. i got to just keep doing what I'm doing. There ain't no pressure. And I like that mentality.
1: Yeah, that one hit home with me. I'm uh, I'm rooting for the Blazers. The Bulls not in there in that Rockets I want to root for the Rockets in the series. I can't because they're such crybabies. I'm rooting for oh, the Blazers sure. in the West. Die hard, man. Well, before Living we, and dying. Before we moment.
0: get to the uh, the Warriors and Rockets, uh, did you appreciate that ESPN Magazine cover of the Baby Bulls with Tyson Chandler and Eddie Curry on the no. cover I sent you earlier? No.
1: Felt <laughs> 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 like a swift kick to the nuts, to be honest. <laughs> <with> Remember
0: <me. laughs> all the upside there was and the optimism that Bulls fans had? I never liked Eddie Curry from the beginning. He was terrible. No, was that that was before he was four hundred pounds?
2: though. Oh god, it was terrible. Like Tyson Chandler, you could see tall, lanky guy. But yeah. then once he got good, they traded him,
0: and Chandler played what almost twenty he's years. Still playing.
2: He, he, he played for the Lakers this year. Yeah, like he made a career out. Like, he looked was like that? a basketball player. Eddie Curry looked like freaking. I don't even know what he's you, a Pillsbury
0: Doughboy. He, dough boy, he man. looked like the fridge, the
2: fridge out there playing center or, uh, playing center. It was terrible.
1: Eddie Curry was that guy who was like a lot of 18-year-olds. I'll give you millions of dollars because of what you did against people a lot less talented than you, and then you got the money, and (laughs) you became 400 400 pounds. It was a very dope I think Eddie Curry's part of the
2: reason why they changed the NBA rule to like say, you got to stay one year in college (laughs) because you're a fat slob,
0: (laughs) and we don't want you kids to do this anymore. Who had a better NBA career, Robert Tractor-Trailer or Eddie Curry? Tractor trailer. <laughs> tractor trailer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it's not close. Uh, uh, speaking of old guys still playing, did you see Vince Carter decided to come back next
1: year? Did you see the shit he got from uh, the guy who likes to bring guns at the arena?
0: The, oh, you talking Gilbert about Arenas. Gilbert Arenas? That's what I was trying to tell yeah. you earlier. No. What? Hey. Right, go ahead, so Bakes.
1: So uh, this isn't... Word for word, but basically Gilbert Arena said that they will take you because of your name next year over a guy trying to make an NBA roster. So the last two or three seasons that you've decided to continue playing into your 40s, you've cost a young guy his dream.
2: Yeah, he's basically calling him selfish because he wants to continue doing what he loves. And he's a good player. I mean, it's not like he's a bad player. He He, still contributes. He still contributes. Now he's developed his jump shot. He makes threes. Can Gilbert Arenas really call somebody else Who cares about Gilbert Arenas? That's what I'm saying. I mean, here's a take a step further. Did y'all realize that once Vince Carter plays next year, he's the first NBA player in history to play in four decades? 90s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and
0: 2020s. First ever. So... He's putting Robert Parrish to shame. Yeah. Oh my god. Moses Malone even. And did you see the one highlight this year, Carter, where he didn't dunk it, but he went up and it looked like he could have grabbed the top of the backboard and then came down and gave the little bunny. You know I what I'm talking say about? That. I'll find it and show you earlier. I mean it if you would have just looked at it from the opposite baseline at it, you it looked like he was still throwing down the dunks where he put his arm all the way down inside the cylinder. It was unreal. I mean, my point is screw Gilbert Arenas.
2: It's freaking Air Canada. He deserves everything he's got in life. I love Vince Carter. If he wants to keep playing until he's 50 and some team wants to sign him, the hell with Gilbert Arenas,
0: you freaking idiot. I mean, have you heard any of his teammates coming out saying they don't want him? Hell no. No, you are you know, get out of here. You're taking somebody else's spot. No, just earn your spot then, rookie. Man, there's there's all kinds of guys that you could point the finger at and say they're taking somebody else's oh, spot. Get out of you here. Know if you know what? If you're good enough to be on the team, you're good enough to be on the team. And, and honestly... If if you're a team that's that's full of young guys, would you not want a guy like Vince Carter on there who seems to be like this ultimate mentor now, a guy who's got this knowledge of four decades worth of basketball That's, that's amazing to me.
1: Just, if you're a young player you want to play along, Vince Carter, I agree completely. And just for the Gilbert Arenas thing, if you're 20, 21, 22, and you can't beat out a 42-year-old guy, go to the G League, you bitch. Go to China. <laughs>
0: I just know there's going to be guys that play with Vince Carter and he's going to be talking about playing at North Carolina and they're going to be – I wasn't born yet.
1: I mean, seriously, that's not even <laughs> that's a joke.
0: Truth. <laughs> I'll
1: just say the funny thing about that is how long has it been since we mentioned Rasheed Wallace as an NBA player? They were at Carolina at the same time. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't no, feel no like-
0: was he? I know it was uh, – it wasn't Vince Carter with Anton Jamison and Rasheed Wallace – was with was right after. Wasn't he with Stackhouse?
1: He was right before Vince Carter. Either way. It's Vince Carter's twenty second season in the NBA, so late nineties. Yeah, there's like a two year difference between if, him they and if they
0: didn't play with each other, they at least passed in the hallway. I okay. mean it, it was close. Yep.
1: Well it's Carolina, they didn't pass in any hallway other than the one to the stadium.
0: <laughs> oh. That's all Mint oh. So, so moving to the other other side of the Western Conference, probably the the biggest series of the playoffs until we get to the finals is happening right now with the the Warriors and the Rockets. So, the first game has been overshadowed by referees, and, and I know we put this out there on social media, and we got a ton of comments about this. I I, I just want to know, Biggie, what's what's your take on on Game One? You know, the Warriors won; it was a tight game. You know, are these are these calls overblown? Is this legitimate? What's going on?
1: I think they're way overblown, to be honest with you. A guy like Harden has learned how to work the system, create fouls that didn't exist before. You have a cylinder when you go up as a jump shooter. If a defender comes within that, it should be a foul. But if you'll look back, and it's been on social media, there's a lot of times where Harden goes up, he kicks his feet out forward, there's a... a two, two two-and-a-half-foot difference from where he jumps to where his feet land, that shouldn't be called a foul on the defender. And on top of that, before he does that step back, he gives him the chicken wing. So I felt like the game was officiated kind of like it was like 1997 instead
2: of 2019. I mean, I don't feel like they had any gripe at all whatsoever because, you know, like like I had posted on social media as well, Harden shot – 32 percent from the field i mean if he would have made two more shots they'd have won the game potentially i mean but like you said a jump shooter should go straight up to look for the shot they're not doing that anymore they're just jumping straight up and trying to go forward looking for contact and that's what he kept doing over and over and over and i'll take it a step further he averages about 11 free throws a game and he w- he went to the line 14 times in game one so i mean what do you got to complain about
1: Like you said about Harden, the one thing I worry about him with the way he kicks his feet off, I'm waiting for like a blown Achilles or something like that.
0: I mean, I was going to bring up the free throw thing that Mr. Brown just mentioned because, you know, when you're a what is he, 6'3", maybe? He's not very tall.
2: Maybe, yeah. Uh, You know, and
0: and he's getting to the free throw line that much. And, and yeah, he can be aggressive and he does attack the basket. I'm not saying he doesn't, but it is a lot of that jump shot stuff. And, you know, I I think – I think there were issues of the officials to a certain degree because they they lack consistency. You know, I, I like the no call, especially the one, and I think it was the fourth quarter where Draymond Green was the one. You know, I could see at least one of the ones that Klay Thompson did earlier in the game where it probably was a foul and they don't call it. But to come, and here's the thing: like you, you got two fans. You got one fa- one side of fans that are just upset that the call's not happening, and you got the other side that's like. They need to learn to play tougher. And what, what it all comes down to is Harden has modeled his game around getting to the free throw line. It's not just about shooting threes and his field goal percentage would be better if he would just shoot the threes instead of just trying to draw the foul while he's shooting the threes. Then he gets the no call when it hits off the side of the backboard. You go back and look at some of those they are not even close, but I think above everything else, the, the officials or the, or the lack of calls that they got or whatever, if you listen to them after the game and you saw Chris Paul with the technical at the end, I, I think the Rockets are in their own head now.
1: I agree. I, yeah, I mean, well, when I heard about the, going back to Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals last year with the missed calls and the cost of a trip to the finals, and first time I heard about it is between Games 1 and 2 of this series, Rockets are in their own head, man.
2: I mean, I, I just feel like you got to own it. You know, if, if I look at the uh, stat line and I'm shooting 32%, like it was like nine for 28 or something like that. It was terrible. So I'm like, I would feel like, man, I should have made a few more shots. Quit blaming the officials and I need to go out and do my thing because we only lost by four points. The well, game was within reach. Not, and then Chris Paul gave it away at the tactic. Not, not the
0: t- even that. You got to stop Kevin
2: Durant. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But like, I'm going to say this too, not just, we can't put it all on James Harden. We, everyone keeps wanting to talk about, oh, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. If you've watched the, the first game and then so far the second half or the, the first half of the second game, Chris Paul don't look like Chris Paul. All he's doing is dribbling around a little bit and then just kicking the ball to Harden and deferring. He's not trying to take any uh, charge of anything. <laughs> he's trying so, to save
0: himself for game I'm wondering seven.
2: what's going on with Chris Paul. I'm telling you right now because it's, right now, Harden's trying to do it all because no one's helping him either. It's all those State Farm
0: commercials. Man. Something. I mean, they don't look <laughs> right. They're, they're in their head, though. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, none of them's going to play the way they should because – They're already making excuses for why they lost. I mean, but right now, uh, Gordon's more dangerous than Chris Paul. I I agree What's wrong
2: with the picture here? And then I would even say Clint Capella's more dangerous than Chris Paul.
1: Uh, I like Clint. Now you're getting crazy.
0: No, Uh, have you watched the games? Clint Capella, man, I don't know. Is Paul doing any better tonight? Uh, No, he's not. We're we're at halftime, so we're not watching the game at the moment.
2: What I saw earlier during our technical difficulties, uh, (laughs) Paul wasn't doing shit. All I'm saying is, that this is Chris Paul's opportunity if he stays healthy to just be the solid number two for Harden, and I think they have a legitimate chance. But if he don't step forward and be aggressive, they have no prayer to beat the Warriors whatsoever. That's just my opinion, and I want the I want the Rockets to win. Man, I,
0: I am falling less and less out of fandom with wanting the Rockets to win just after that game one and the way they reacted. I just thought they were a bunch of punks. Like, I, they were whining so much about it. Like, just shut up and play. And then you're it's halftime. We don't know what the outcome is of the game. By the time we get done with this podcast, we might. But they're down, what, 10 points?
2: Yeah, 9 points. 9 points. They've
0: made 10 threes in the first half, and they're still down 9 points. Like, they got problems, man. Like And the Warriors have looked as vulnerable as they ever have this year. But at the end of the day, they can still flip that switch and turn it on if they want to. And if the Rockets don't get out of their own way, this is gonna be a quick series. Like they, they need to get one now in Golden State. If they go back to Houston down Just for to their own, own confidence and mental well being. I mean something. That's what I think. Because if not, if they if they lose again tonight, they're gonna to, they're gonna travel back to Houston. And all they're going to be thinking about is how much the refs screwed them over and not what they need to do better to win this game. And I, I haven't yet to hear from their coach. I ain't heard anything from D'Antonio on any of this stuff. I've heard from Steve Kerr and all kinds of other people, but nothing from the Rockets coach. Because he, he sits there on the bench with his arms crossed. But go ahead, Diggs.
1: Well, you guys were talking about kind of the built-in excuse of the referees and everything like that. You got Scott, Scott Foster. Uh, refereeing tonight's game, who Chris Paul has come out openly and said, this ref is against me. He will do anything he can to make a call against me. James Harden has backed that up. Should it come down to a close game tonight, even if it were a good call made by Scott Foster, that story afterwards, in my opinion, is Scott Foster cost us this game. Now we're down to nothing.
0: How much did Chris Paul got fined, didn't he?
1: He got fined 35 grand for making contact with an official but he did not get suspended. Maybe that whole being the head of the players union thing has some validity as far as what you're allowed to do and not do because Chris that's the reason I can't root for the Rockets. Chris Paul, he's a bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I believe we left off with Eastern Conference, we didn't get there. The, the, the one thing that happened last week that didn't make the light of day on air, but we did put it on social media, has everything to do with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. So, Mr. Brown, you're flying pretty high on the Bucks. You know, I admit I, I'm a fan of the Bucks. I would like to see them win the whole thing. But I told you they're going to lose to the Boston Celtics. You wanted to argue me about that. My whole philosophy and theory behind this is I don't think the Bucks are battle tested. You can give me your game seven from last year when Gordon Haywood wasn't playing and Kyrie Irving was hurt and all that stuff. I'm not buying it. So I was pretty happy to see that Boston came out and pretty much slapped Milwaukee silly and walked away with a win. But I know things ultimately changed tonight. And the Bucks kind of got a measure of revenge, but our side bet is. We found the world's hottest ramen noodles, and basically, if the Bucks win the series, I gotta eat it. But when the Celtics win it, ultimately, you're gonna have to eat these noodles, right? When they win, yes, when they win, slurp, slurp, right? Uh, yes, that's that's exactly what you'll be doing.
2: I mean, I'll say this: uh, I absolutely picked the Bucks based off of pure talent, and I know I know they're not battle tested. What I'm starting to wonder, which obviously we'll talk about tonight, but the Celtics came out, they punched them in the mouth. It almost was like they were just kind of going through the motions until the playoffs started and then Brad Stevens started doing his thing. When the
0: Brad Stevens? Moment. Exactly.
2: Like but Gordon Hayward, he's coming off the bench as a sixth man. He's playing the best ball of the year so yes. far this year and he's excelling in that role, which is great for you, I guess. <laughs> they they destroyed the Bucks in game 1 and they stole uh, home court advantage. The Bucks came out tonight, however, and they were up like 98 to 73 after the third quarter and they end up winning by 23 points or something like that 21 21 so the bucks even a series of one to one but I, to say I'm not nervous is an understatement because i i'm worried to death because i feel like the Celtics are a better like battle-tested team and they're well-oiled the bucks are kind of just going out there on uh, pure talent and hoping they're just destroying the Celtics you know based on that I am kind of worried, and I'm wondering how my gut's going to respond at this point, but
0: we'll see. It, it won't be good, but here's the the big takeaway for me was game one, I haven't seen anybody, at least in the playoffs and for the majority of the year, nobody defended Giannis the way Boston defended him. I mean, he was not able to just be his dominant self like he normally was. Now, he had a little bit more of a return to form tonight, but the, the main reason why Boston struggled is Kyrie Irving – Forgot how to play offense. I think he had nine points tonight. So I, I think that's kind of what we're going to be watching is, yeah, we have all these role players, and Gordon Hayward's a good story to see him bouncing back. And we know about Bledsoe and Middleton and all those guys. But Kyrie Irving's got to play his best game, and Giannis has to play his best game. If that doesn't happen, whatever team doesn't you know get that is it's who's going to lose. I mean, we got to see how they feed off the crowd in Boston. Well, I mean, Boston did their job. They won one in Milwaukee, Yeah, that, that's what you're asking yeah. for.
1: Milwaukee came out a little flat in game one, ready to play in game two. Even Giannis said that uh, he could have played harder. And basically, what do you say when he says, I could have played harder is we all could have played harder. They came out, they took game two. They're looking for a split in Boston and then play a best two out of three. To me, Milwaukee is that team. I would love to see them advance here. They're built more for the regular season because guys on their team – you don't expect to step up as much during this serious So Miracek, Middleton, even though Middleton was an all-star. You're not surprised to see Jalen Brown have a big game, Jason Tatum, Irving, uh, Al Horford, very good player. So we'll see how it plays out. All I know is my stomach doesn't suffer the <laughs> gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching video-watching. It comes whatever a pack of three. I'll send you one. Well, no, don't send it to me. Your weight's in your money. I'm never going to touch it shit.
2: Uh, I'll say this. I, I liked uh, Giannis's response after the reporters were after game one. They are like, how do you adjust to this? What, what's your team going to do to change what happened in game one? He's like, we're not changing anything. We're the best team in the Eastern Conference. We'll come out. We're going to keep playing the way we play, and then we're going to win. And if we happen to not win for whatever reason after being down 2-0, Then we'll think of adjustments. But right now, we're going to play our game, and we're going to see what happens. We're not making any adjustments.
0: Well, he needs to make at least one adjustment because I've never seen Giannis get his shot blocked the way Al Horford did on that one dunk attempt. He needs to think twice about doing that again because he got posterized in the reverse fashion there. So he needs to at least make that adjustment. And props to Al Horford for uh, playing that type of defense. Good for him. Gotta give it up for El Horford,
1: although I do love the Greek freak. Anytime a guy is willing to go up and take the chance on getting posterized and wins that battle, gotta give him the nod.
2: Well, I'm gonna say this. I'm sticking with the Bucks, obviously, because I have to. You have to. There's a choice. Uh it was I was I was saying around six games, now I'm saying seven. <laughs> so I'm gonna stick to Bucks in seven. Uh what do you got? How many games do you think it's gonna take,
0: Chad? Six games. Six games for the Celtics. Yep, they're going to win the next two, and Milwaukee will get one more win at home, and then Boston will close it out.
2: Does it go seven bigs, or what do you see happening in the near future?
1: I say it goes seven games, and somehow the Bucs win.
0: Oh, nice. I hope you're right for Mister Brown's sake.
2: Nah, I'm fine. I, I'm ready to embrace whatever happens because after the uh, polar plunge, I feel like I need to share the wealth. I think you're due. you do. Yeah. You know, somebody else has got to take
0: their their lumps here. I'm and, fully ready to take on the challenge, but I don't feel like I'm going to have to. I, I feel like you know. You know what happens is you guys take the safe picks, the safe bets. I go out on a limb no, and I'm taking Boston. You came to me. I did because I I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm bold enough to make that statement. I'm sorry that picking the number one seed to win a series isn't that, you know, invigorating of a challenge to to go out on a limb and be like, hey, you want to bet that this one suit? No, you got to be bold, Cotton. You got to take a strategy, take a stance. I may
2: say that to the Supersonics. (laughs) The who? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So bad they ran them out of town.
1: The Ocho. Here's all I have to say and here's why I side on the Bucks in seven games. It's not that I don't think that the Celtics, you know, well, you knew the yeah, they could win that sort of thing. It's that every time we do one of these things, fantasy football, all this different stuff, Chad The Mark, he always comes out on losing in. So why would that change now? Let's go Bucks.
0: You, Fear the deer. I feel like that was only your um attempt to throw fantasy football in there because I've had a couple of bad years where I've had... Oh, a couple of bad years! Don't even start with a couple of bad years. Come on now, change subject. More than a couple of bad years. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to the uh, random drunkenness there, but uh, no, you know, you know, we'll save that conversation. Not everybody is privy to that, and I'll just be wasting uh, uh, words around that, but. I cannot wait for, for fantasy football season to get here so I can shut your stupid No, ass that's not going to
2: happen, but I will say this. You continuously go out on a limb for all the wrong reasons, okay? I, I got going for the underdog. I'm an underdog kind of guy, obviously. Look at the teams I follow. But you keep picking the wrong teams just to pick them to be cool. Underdog. And, and be the trend. Underdog? Exactly. How
0: dare you? Yeah. You grew up a Chicago Bulls fan, Michael Jordan, Atlanta Braves, the dynasty of the NL. Get the hell out of here with your. No, b- oh my God. God. Let's
2: go back a step further. I'm still a Bulls fan to this day. I'm a Braves fan. And they have won since 95. So that makes you a fan. That's fine. And the Raiders, man. And WVU. You know all about that. <laughs>
0: Thank I, you. You know what? I have one thing that trumps all of that. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should be. It hurts
1: fact, you say that publicly.
2: We, we got the Raptors and the Sixers, right? The Raptors are obviously the favorite.
1: They are.
0: They
2: split 1-1 one, one because Jimmy Butler came out in full Ninja Turtle mode. <laughs> he did. And just like nunchucked the Raptors, and now it's tied up 1-1. One, one. I'm still sticking with the Raptors. I think the Raptors win in six.
0: I, you know, I mean, I think it's – I'm surprised the Sixers won a game. I think we all wrote them off, you know, last week as saying – they were already done. They're dysfunctional, and and, and Embiid's banged up, and and he's got to be able to go. Ben Simmons can't shoot anything, uh, you know. His, they ask Kawhi Leonard, "How's he going to guard him?" He's like, "I'm not the three point line is exactly, you know." So I, make layups, I, but uh, G- Gasol on uh, Embiid that was giving him trouble, man. Yeah, he really. he was not doing good with that at all. And, and you know the the one thing here's the highlight for me though is did you see? The Sixers fan that was in Toronto in the front row, I will show you, but there's a guy in the front row that he had this little banner, like it would unfold. And every time something good happened, he would stand up and he's holding this banner up in front of all these Toronto Raptor fans, all the, all the Canucks up in Canada, Biggie's brethren. And, And there's this one lone Sixers fan that stood out like a sore thumb. And, if only we all wished we could have a fan like that, we would be happy. But I, I apologize that you haven't seen it because it's fantastic.
2: I mean, was he sitting next to Drake?
0: I, I, he he might have been. He he was courtside. I mean, he he Drake was down there. For this guy to get
2: there. Just to <laughs> yeah, that, have something to talk it, about.
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know us. You're going to talk about Raptor basketball.
2: Exactly. I'm telling you, it's it's Raptors in six. I'd be shocked if it goes seven. And I just think Philly's too dysfunctional. You got too many egos, and I feel like the Raptors are a well-oiled machine, and I feel like they're going to move on to face my bucks.
1: I got the Raptors in five.
2: Five,
0: nice. I, I agree with five. I'm going six.
1: <clears throat>
0: when when is Philly going to win another game? I'm just trying to give them benefit of the doubt.
1: <laughs> Here's what I think happened: when Raptors came out well, game one. They really played game two. They kind of thought they were just going to show up and play. You look how it finished out really tight down those last four or five minutes. They're going to come into Philly. They're going to know what they need to do. Kawhi Leonard, you brought him in for a certain reasons. Championship caliber leader. They're going to finish this series in five and go to the West or the Eastern Conference Finals.
2: I got a question about Leonard. Let's say somehow they make it to the NBA Finals, because I, I honestly think between if Toronto and the Bucks get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that it's going to be a good series. I think that could also go seven games. Would he ever re-sign in Toronto? Is he gone? No matter what happens,
0: I. How do you figure that guy out? I mean, this you is a can't. guy. This is a guy that. Like, why would you ever leave the Spurs? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was the man on the Spurs, and he set out a whole year just so he could go to Toronto. Now I know they shipped him to Toronto as punishment, and they made it the best of it. But you know, and I'm not. I mean, if, when you're talking about signing somebody somewhere else, like I. The Clippers are where I think he's going to end up more than anywhere so he's else. He's going no matter what. Yeah. I, NBA Finals. I think unless they make the NBA finals, I don't think conference finals keeps him in Toronto. Gotcha.
1: I think that they could make the finals. I think they could win a championship in Toronto this year. He's signing with the Clippers this offseason. It's a done deal. <laughs> so there's no way he's no staying. No nothing's keeping him. Or no way at all. He is signing he is going to the Uh, He's playing with the Clippers.
2: Why is he so intrigued by the Clippers?
0: It's not the Clippers. It's Southern California.
1: But, I mean,
2: why not go to the Lakers?
1: He played at San Diego State. That's his home area. He bought a mansion in that area before the season started with the Raptors. He's going to the Clippers.
2: So he's going to take the money, go there and suck when he could potentially be a perennial eastern conference powerhouse for the next decade
0: well man the clippers were you know uh, shut up they made the playoffs
2: get over it They made the playoffs <laughs> he could be a powerhouse for the next decade and he's going to just say i got a mansion do you
0: think toronto is going to continue to be a powerhouse oh, the, absolutely with, the guy, with teams like the bucks on the and what happens if the knicks sign kevin durant it don't
1: matter the knicks don't matter. The clippers, <laughs> and you can become the team in l.a Kevin Durant comes in, you're there. They got their picks. Jerry West running the show. You're Durant joining you? him. All of a sudden, you're running LA. You win one title there, you're a legend.
2: Oh, absolutely. So you're saying Durant and Leonard are going to be on the Clippers?
1: Durant ain't going to the Knicks. He can't handle that oh, media.
0: My my money's on the Knicks, man. I'm telling you, that's where that's he, he wants to go. Saying.
2: All right, and I agree with you. If you're if you're the one team that gets over the hump with the Clippers, you're going to be remembered in basketball history for the rest of
0: creation. Well, you you guys mentioned something earlier there. Why why doesn't Kawhi want to go to the Lakers? Why wouldn't you want to play with LeBron? Because he's an old
2: old, old, old people man. I agree. He's an old people man. I mean, what's LeBron? No. If you if you can tell these superstars are shying
0: away from LeBron at this point they are it's it's that you're you're so far over the hill you're on the bottom of the other side now
2: They're like it's not the guy we want to pair with we're like we're want to go to other places just to destroy you and put you out of the league where's Anthony Davis going to end up that's interesting it really is like is, I think who,
1: is. where Boston
0: but if you're Boston, like, how confident are you in mortgaging your future to get him if there's no guarantee you can sign him long-term?
1: Well, you'd only bring him in if you had some type of off-the-books guarantee, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't touch it.
0: But what happens if, you know, and I said, you know, on our prediction show that I don't think Boston's winning the East. I thought Toronto was, you know. But if Boston finds a way to the NBA Finals, you know, maybe, maybe they even get lucky enough to win it. You know, does that change that dynamic at all, or do you still go all in after AD?
1: To me, you don't go all in after AD because although he is a, you know, once in a lifetime type talent, he can't stay healthy. You can't go all in on him. If you're going all in, it has to be on a guy who never misses a game.
2: I mean, for me, if these guys were smart. You know, if they wanted to build a new dynasty, I'd be heading down to Miami. You, you got Pat Riley running, running the show. <laughs> Create a new dynasty down in Miami. It's like perfect down there. So why wouldn't you just like Not one out? title,
0: not two titles. Just do it. Th- yeah. Not three titles.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I would if I was a professional athlete and I had my free reigns, I'd be all about Miami.
0: Florida don't have uh, state tax either, man. Oh gosh, even better. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Why don't more people go to Miami? Why do the Dolphins suck so bad?
2: The Marlins well, (laughs) Understandably. (laughs)
1: If I were a professional athlete, I'd play in the state of Texas. All
2: right. Texas isn't bad. Rockets or the uh, Spurs or the Mavs?
1: Well, any of them because there's no (laughs) income tax. Oh, come on. It's got to be the Mavs
2: because you want to play for Cuban. You're a Cuban kind of guy.
1: Yes. Yes. I am a Cuban fan. No state income tax in Texas. It's just like Florida, only it's an American state still. So.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Never mind. Don't answer that. Um, <laughs> uh, Beggy, did you how much of the draft did you watch this past weekend?
1: I watched uh, a good majority. I'd say I'd watched 70% of it.
0: Good lord. How do you do that?
1: Wow, it snowed here, and I didn't have shit else to do on the Friday and Saturday. Thursday night was one of those where it's like first round of the draft. Let's watch. Let's see what plays out. Okay, I'm good to go. Friday, Saturday, it was pretty cold. It rained and then it snowed, so I didn't have anything else to do other than watch wash clothes.
0: Yeah, everybody always uh, likes to throw out these team draft grades after the fact, and. Yeah, I think almost every team I looked at had like an A or a B. There was a couple with the C's, but like nobody got destroyed. I didn't see anybody give out like D's or F's. But who, outside of the Giants, is there anybody that was absolutely terrible?
1: The Giants were so terrible, they could count for two F's or two, two, two teams. Nobody was taking Daniel Jones at six, nobody was taking him before 17. Dave Gelleman's like that old mob boss talking about how things were. And I felt Dave him, man. I feel bad for giants fans because they're going to feel, feel like an experience with the jets had been for the last 20 years. Uh, how has Gelleman still got a job? I have no idea. He's got like the new pictures of whatever the Mara family.
0: Uh, I know, uh, Mr. Brown's Raiders, uh, had an exciting first round. Were you pretty happy with that? Uh, I didn't like the
2: first or the fourth pick. I did enjoy uh, Jacobs at uh, twenty four, and the we got the top safety at twenty seven from Mississippi State. Uh, overall, I like our draft. I mean, I was you you sat here with me when they picked the fourth pick, and I wasn't happy because I was like, "Who the hell is
0: this guy?" I, I, I don't think any Raider fan was happy.
2: You could honestly say that because like they tried to trade down and get him around thirteen to fifteen, but no one there was no takers, so they selected him. This is our guy. They took him at four. But when you look at the whole overall body of work, it was a good draft.
0: I I mean I, I don't I don't know how you could be that happy they're taking a running back in the first round. No,
2: but. you're you're watching C. It's gonna be the offensive uh, rookie of the year.
0: I, I'll tell you a running back that'll be better. Who? David Montgomery.
2: I've heard that, but I, I don't think so. No.
0: David Montgomery going into Chicago will replace what everyone always thought and hoped Jordan Howard would be, and he's gonna be that guy.
2: Yeah, but from what I've read with Jacobs, he's the the full back. I mean, he he catches passes out of the backfield. He has a nice block. He's a nice blocker. He can run the ball. And he don't have no wear and tear coming out of Alabama, so I feel like he's going to be the real deal. I'm just
0: saying you don't think you could have got a good quality running back at a later pick. Like oh, yeah. that—that's the biggest team need. If, if
2: he turns into Marshawn
0: Lynch 2.0, then I'm fine with it. I, I'm not saying that he won't. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying that you could probably find Marshawn Lynch all 2.0 I'm saying is, in the
2: third round. Just stay away from him for a fantasy
0: draft and let me have him. Okay? <laughs> right, you can have all the offensive Raider players. you right, want. great. Sounds good. <laughs> we have an agreement. You have to take Derek Carr too. No, that's not <laughs> the, that's not the deal.
1: He's taking Kyler Murray.
0: He probably will. He loves him some Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, to to much uh, uh, fanfare, ended up being the number one draft pick, and I know yeah. you're you're absolutely in love with him. I think he's going to bust. You know, I I hope I'm wrong because I think he's an exciting player, but cool. I, I, I'm just not. I'm not seeing it. I, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, in Lamar Jackson territory.
2: All I'm saying is, is that I called it months ago. You did. I said, he's going to go to the NFL, screw Major League Baseball. He's going where he knows he's going to play immediately. And he did. And not only did he do that, he's the number one overall pick. you were right.
0: He must have heard what you said. Because I remember the the very specific comment you said was, I've seen a swing. It ain't nothing special.
2: It wasn't. It wasn't special. (laughs) But I like him as a quarterback. and I, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl top quarterback. I think he's going to be good in Arizona. I think he's going to win multiple Pro Bowls. I'm not saying put him in the Hall of Fame quite yet. And I'm also not saying that uh, you can write off uh, Rosen after one season.
1: I think he's going
0: to do okay in Miami. So who's going to have a better year this year, Josh Rosen or Kyler Murray?
1: Kyler Murray. In That's, 10 years, absolutely. who's the better quarterback? That's not
0: what I was asking. I was Kyler just saying. Murray. I think, I Kyler, think, think, Kyler Murray to uh, both.
1: I think in 10 years. 2028, 20, 20, who's the better quarterback? We're sitting here talking, and who was the better quarterback?
0: Kyler Murray. I think in, in 10 years it's going to be like comparing uh, uh, Quincy Carter and Mark Sanchez. I, I think that's what they're going to be like.
1: Football. fumble. great.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, I, I just – you know, you, you quarterbacks are always overpriced and overhyped. They always are. Everybody thinks they're going to get the next big guy. I, I'm, I, I think there's other quarterbacks in this draft – the, I think Daniel Jones will be better than Kyler Murray, oh, and, and I don't really? think Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah. What and, are and, you smoking? this I don't even think Daniel Jones is going to be great. Well, let's, let's I keep just this said audio. he's going to be better than Kyler Murray. You just asked why the Jones GM uh, is not fired by right? Because you're, you, you're, they you're, shouldn't you're, have drafted him at
1: six. You know, that was the four. overreach of the draft, right there.
0: Oh, like, exactly. So look, th- things are not always mutually exclusive. Like you, you can't. Just because I say I think Daniel Jones is going to be better than Kyler Murray doesn't mean that the Giants should have taken him at number six. That was stupid because no one else is going to take him, just like the Raiders shouldn't have taken Clellan Farrell at number four because they could have got him later. It's the same thing. It's about getting the value for your pitch. They could have. Not at Uh, 24. Yeah. No. Maybe. No, man. I
1: think needs to 15. win the draft for the ones like you just said that get value for their picks. Where were you picking? Who was valued overall at that position? How the the draft plays out in three years could be different, but like, let's look at the Patriots for example. For example, still the draft, Jason Jarrettson. <laughs> stop! <laughs> just stop! And you got the hiccups.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's just cut him off. Uh, I'm turning your mic off. You can give me a middle finger when you're ready to go. All right, Biggie's on mute. But uh, I, I'm I'm the, the thing about the draft is you you got all these people will sit here and say this this team had a good draft. You never know until these guys play. It doesn't matter. the The point is with quarterbacks, you know, sometimes it, it's a combination of having skill, being a good player. Also, finding the right situation. There's teams that, you know, and look, I know you can talk about Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson and all that, but Arizona has no offensive line. They they have they have no help down there. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe, and that's fine. I hope he turns out to be a good player. I just don't see it. And the thing is with Daniel Jones, he don't have any weapons either. But the the thing, and I, well, the good news is he's not playing for three years. Well, we'll see. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> the The thing for me when I was looking at trying to evaluate quarterbacks, and I've said this before, is if you have a guy that's coming out and has had to be Mr. Everything for his college, you know, those are the guys you want. The guys that come, there's the reason why Alabama quarterbacks never succeed. You know, they're surrounded by talent. Right. And Kyler Murray is intriguing because you could almost say that, but at the same time, you know, he still carried the team, right? He was still Mr. Everything for them. But there was a difference whenever he didn't have Antonio Brown's cousin playing. Whenever Marquise Brown was hurt, he wasn't quite as effective throwing the ball as he was. So, I mean, things do matter. But, you know, I do look at guys like Daniel Jones and, and and you know, I, I would even look at a guy like Ryan Finley as guys being better than maybe a guy like Will Greer who had a lot of weapons in college because, you know, look at the guys that had to overcome adversity to be able to put up the numbers they did. The guys that go through these powerhouse programs, when's the last time Dwayne Haskins got drafted by the Redskins? Redskins were thrilled. And as far as all the projections, that was a great pick for them. But do you think Dwayne Haskins is going to be a good quarterback?
2: I don't.
1: Biggie? You'll find out because he's tied to Daniel Jones like – Manning and Leaf are tied together because as we go forward in the years, you'll look at they could have had Haskins at six. They passed on him. You knew that's who the Redskins were going for. They're within the same division. Jones and Haskins are going to be tied together like Manning and Leaf, Meyer and Bledsoe. Years from now, we'll be talking about who is a better quarterback. Maybe one of them turns out to be really good. Maybe they're both dog shit. I think Haskins has a better chance to to succeed,
2: well, that's what's so weird about the NFL draft is many people would go out on a limb and say that the Redskins had the best draft in, in overall <laughs> in the first round. I've seen that, and it's because they didn't have to trade up for Haskins. He fell in their lap at fifteen. Then they got Montez Sweat at twenty-six. So, like, it's funny because of the draft, they're all about value, value, value. But at the end of the day, for me, if Hask- Haskins doesn't pan out. Is it really matter if they got him at whatever they got him at? And he fell under the lap because at the end of the day, you're looking for value as a professional. And if he don't ever get there, then, oh, congratulations! It was a bust.
0: Well, you, you want all your first round picks to pan out. I mean, it still it still hurts. You know. You, my, you,
2: my, my point is, with, with you didn't Ferrell, sell the farm for with Farrell. It was a reach. I got it. But if he turns into a Pro Bowl type player, that they reached for it for.
0: Who really cares? cares. And that's the thing about all, all these talking heads that analyze the draft. You, you don't know anything. You don't. You know. I, I mean, I would love to go back and, and look at the way some teams were evaluated. But, I, I mean, look, we, we know this much. We've seen quarterbacks. I, go look at most of your successful quarterbacks. I mean, I, I can't tell you for sure. But, I, like, Russell Wilson was drafted in, what, the third round? Tom Brady was a late round pick. Um, you know, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes was. Uh, when was he drafted? Eleven. All right, but you know that's still
1: first round. But
0: you know how many they numbers did
1: it up for him? He was falling.
0: I know this much: there, there are, I think, fifteen number one overall draft picks in the Hall of Fame, and there's sixteen undrafted signees in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's impressive. I mean, so I mean, it shows you how screwed and convoluted this process is, and, and they don't even draft off of performance anymore. It's you can have a guy put up great numbers in college, and nobody will even look at him because he doesn't meet the eye test or he doesn't hit the numbers of the metrics at, at the combine. So, I mean, you know, you you never know what you're getting, and that's why sometimes you'll get these guys that'll come out. It's the same reason why you get guys like Antonio Gates who never played college football and turned into playing what 15 years now, right? I mean, it's it's just a crapshoot. So let me ask you
2: this Do you feel like Kyler Murray, like this year, for fantasy purposes, will be drafted ahead of uh, like uh, Mahomes last year, who no one knew what was going on with him?
0: Yes, I think you're stupid enough to draft Kyler Murray in the I'm, first 12 I, rounds. I'm not touching him. <laughs> uh, I'm saying average draft. Pick. I can read your bluff already. No, absolutely not. <laughs>
2: I got other targets. Derek car, because you no. gotta take all the Raiders. No, come on. let never do
0: that. <laughs> you're this year, you are. Oh.
2: <laughs> you man. Don't
0: believe in Chucky.
2: See, just take it off the rails, man. So,
0: so the the thing about Kyler Murray is is I think if you're talking about fantasy football, it's the same thing as what just happened. Somebody's gonna reach for him. Somebody's gonna it's gonna be like, ooh, look, this well, is somebody's gonna be rewarded for it. Maybe.
2: may be See? <laughs> Am I bluffing or not? We got it out now. <laughs> apparently, though, according to our uh, page, I'm not a Raiders fan anyway. So obviously,
0: I wouldn't pick any Raiders. No, it's because uh, you know you can't make you can't have a good joke a- at a team that you support. It's called being realistic, people. All right, we're talking to you, Raider Nation. It's okay to poke fun at yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm a Patriots fan, but apparently, we hate them.
2: Oh, absolutely, we do. Everybody hates the Patriots, the whole freaking country and <laughs> the world.
1: Why do you have such an issue with success?
2: People get tired of winning. They get just like the the Warriors. Yeah. everybody hates the Warriors yeah. now and you all are like times twenty, so we really hate you guys. Are you
0: rooting for the Rockets or the Warriors tonight? Warriors.
2: Oh, oh. Well. Ah, I just like winners, guys. Don't don't take it out on me. <laughs>
1: Don't hate the excellence. I Don't just hate appreciate the excellence. Don't hate the creativity.
2: I bet you're a
0: Clemson fan now too, aren't you? Dabo Swinney's my favorite coach.
1: God, no. Got to reap for the West Virginia boy, Nikki Saban. That's They're great. such an underdog. Such an underdog. an
2: underdog. to Clemson. I think he needs <laughs> to go there.
0: Uh, there's a, does Clemson have the worst collar scheme in all of professional sports? Death Rock. What? What? The Rock? You're not even answering my question. I was just trying to talk about purple and orange being a bad color combination.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm not the interior Some decorator people... there, I Chadwick. I thought,
0: red, I thought it was red and orange. No, man. What and color? White. What color is Clemson? Purple and orange and white.
2: Okay. Is there no red in there.
0: I don't. There's no red.
2: All right. Gotcha.
1: Um, did all of Clemson's defensive lineman <laughs> get drafted? Yeah. Uh, they had five that went as like the Power Rangers or something like that. I was paying attention to the draft while four of them got drafted. I think three you went in the first round. They were the all Power
0: Rangers. Drafted.
1: Yeah, they had they did a, like a Halloween video. There was five of them. I think four went in the first four rounds. Three in the first round. I don't know about the fifth one.
2: All I'm gonna say is is that the Raiders drafted high character. You know, so we had a lot of Clemson guys. We had an Alabama guy, but we got winners, damn it. And you watch and see. I love the Mayock-Groden first draft together. I think it was a huge success. Most of them drafted him at uh, B plus, A minus. All
0: right, so what's the steal of the draft overall, best steal of the draft?
1: Jared Stidham in a fourth round.
0: Jared Stidham. Yep. And he got drafted by who?
1: New England Patriots.
0: Of course that's what you said. <laughs> Jared Stidham, yeah. he, he'd he be lucky if he gets the Garoppolo treatment. He's not even going to get close to that. If you think he's the future, you're out of your mind.
1: My real steal in the draft is Yannick just, the West Virginia boy, not just because he went to Patriots, but because say, before he really hurt his Patriots. squad in March, Yannick comes off. Uh before he hurt his quad in march he was at the top 15 on everybody's draft board. Patriots got him at pick 101. That's a steal of the draft.
0: So you you're talking about Yande Kajest, right?
1: Yande Kajest.
2: I think the one that caught me off guard was the uh, everyone talked about the first round and then Drew Locke fall, fell all the way down to the Broncos and what pick?
0: Well they they traded up to get him. 42. Yeah, it was but
2: It was it was like, down there. So, I mean I think that's like uh a, That's good,
1: a sneaky so. good pick.
2: I think so.
0: How do you think Flacco feels about I was, that? I talked to
2: my buddy at work about that today, huge Broncos fan. I was like Flacco leaves Baltimore to get away from Lamar Jackson and now he's in Denver and they draft him and they're like obviously you gotta start Flacco. You gotta start with Flacco. Yeah. And then see what happens. But he's like Not again. <laughs>
1: The all-time image in my head of Joe Flacco, and you can Google this, is the day that he signed his huge hundred plus million dollar contract extension from the Ravens. There's a picture of him walking out in a pair that looks like old gym shorts, a t shirt, and a big old bag of McDonald's. And that's who elite Joe Flacco is. He's a McDonald's.
0: <laughs> but he's got a big arm.
1: Got a big arm. I mean, it's I kind know, of funny him going to Denver after burning him in the playoffs that one year when their DB fell down or you know didn't remember what his job was.
2: I know who checks you know of the draft is. It's freaking uh, Seattle with Metcalf.
0: <laughs> no, I hate Metcalf. He's <laughs> he's gonna be terrible. All right, um, Matt. Just remember, can, can Tom, he, Tom can, Brady runs a better shuttle than Metcalf does.
2: All right. So, uh, <laughs> will he make any? Will he do anything of his professional career?
0: Metcalf, yeah. um, Darius Hayward Bay. Really? Yeah, that's him. Just juiced up Hayward Bay. Yeah, he's he's like a cross between Darius Hayward Bay and David Boston. Oh,
1: man. Why he's a David poor man's Hayward Bay, by the way? way.
0: Well, that's because well, there was David Boston, the football player, then there was David Boston, the roid rage, juiced up bodybuilder that looked like a tight end. I gotcha. Yeah, he's going to be closer to that.
2: So there's no – reward for this pick whatsoever.
0: No, I, th- I think not. And I think the Seahawks took a gamble there, but the Seahawks also drafted three wide receivers. So if you feel that good about Metcalf, why would you draft three wide receivers? It's like you're getting an insurance policy. Exactly. Right there. You. I mean, who, no, nobody drafts three wide receivers anymore. You can find a wide receiver's a dime well, a dozen. Well, did you see his interview of Stephen A. Smith? I did not. Oh, uh, Hey, Stephen A.
2: started going in on him, you know, like started questioning him because, like, you know, Stephen A. does. And Metcalf, like, turned around and just stared at him and was like, you ain't never seen a guy run a four three, six three, two forty, or whatever he was. And he's like, I'm going to murder people. And Stephen <laughs> A. And Stephen A's like, all right, I believe him, guys. And, like, he, and, like changes too completely. <laughs>
0: Uh, hey, so he intimidated him,
2: Oh, you saying. No, watch the video. It was <laughs> hilarious. Like, Stephen A. did not start arguing with him. He's like, you know what? You changed my mind. I agree with you.
0: It, hey, if all we were doing, If all we were doing was training for 40 times, hey, I'm, I'm all in on Metcalf. But this is football, and we're required to run more routes than just a go route. And uh, he's just not, not going to hold up.
2: Hey, I want to ask oh. you two a, a question. There were two tight ends right in the first round. Fant, and who is the one of the Lions? Um,
1: Hawkinson. Yep. TJ Hawkinson. Do you think they both play for them, Iowa.
2: Do you think either one of them will be like legitimate, like Pro Bowlers?
0: Uh, tight end's a tough one to project. I think they both have the talent. Because they were high, though, picks. They have the ability to do so. Uh, but
1: I mean, think Haw- Hawkinson's, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but not really. Hawkinson, they were advertising <laughs> him as a mini Gronk. He'll be on the field, three downs, and It'll depend because you look at Eric Ebron. You anything as a first round pick in Detroit, he goes to Indy and he's scored a bunch of touchdowns. So we'll see how it works in Detroit. Noah Fant, way overrated.
2: And Denver, Denver traded down from the tenth to the twentieth pick for that because when the Steelers draft uh, picked up uh, the tenth.
1: Uh, Denver, you know, for Elway having CT, he ran a decent draft.
0: <laughs> Uh, he's got to do something decent because it hasn't been going his way the past few years. Oh.
1: You know, so they're the ones to trade it with the Steelers, and the Steelers drafted a guy that came up with an outfit that had an arm sling built into it, right?
0: The thing that looked like a sling, right? The uh, What's his name from Michigan? Um, what's his Was name? it Sean Gary or
1: Devin Bush? Devin Bush. I thought he actually had like a shoulder sling on when I first looked at it. I didn't realize it was his. It, it looked
0: like it, he had a, a sling and then unhooked it
1: whatever that's how the people dress them nowadays but you know it's a prime time event
0: i
2: mean do, do we all agree that the giants is probably the biggest loser of this draft
1: i think so i would have to agree i think they're easily the biggest loser you know what i think i think we sit here in 10 years and the jets are a perennial playoff team with sam darnold maybe they've had this miracle year, went to the Super Bowl, that kind of thing. The Giants are the new Jets. They're the laughing stock in New York. It just Gettleman, man, he's an idiot. Like they idiot. they they
0: just need it they gotta get rid of Eli and move
1: on, right? Well that's there the thing. Is. They don't want to get rid of Eli they But that's what they have to do, right? And laugh. He doesn't. You know, he's been done for a couple of years, but it's like who was our head coach when he benched him and they they started Geno? Was that uh, Ben McAdoo? Ah, uh, may yeah. Oh, at the end of the year, and everybody yeah. lost their
0: mind, and
1: yeah. And then kind of right there, you were like, "Whoa, <laughs> Eli is past his prime. They need to move on." But there's this much backlash. That's why Eli is still starting games two years later. That's why you cut him. Yeah, I just you have to move on. And they're just so unwilling to do it for whatever reason. I don't get it. It's not like you're moving on from Peyton Manning. You're moving on from his little brother. Who? Well,
0: it's not. You even know, that. It's, we're not talking about any player in their prime. He is clearly in the twilight, on the downside. He should. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's no shame if he if he retired on his own terms right now. I don't think anyone would be like, oh, he had so much left, so much left to offer.
1: No, he's done. Like, if you look at it, how old do you lie? 37, 38? He's up. Same those. draft class as Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, right? Pretty sure all three were the same draft class. So, now. 2000, least, 2001? I think 03. Oh, 03 that yep. He was at three? Oh, okay. Roethlisberger, Rivers, Manning. Yep. Those three are all still playing. If there was one of them that retired and you were like, man, Cool. It'd be Manning. If the other two retire, you'd be like, oh, they had a couple of good years left. I don't know. Like, really.
0: has already flirted with retirement, though, and then he now he's got a new deal. So. Nice big old deal. <laughs> he's playing uh, his hand.
2: Hey, so real quick, we're all in agreement that the Giants are like the team that's like, you know, they're idiots. You know, they're laughing stock of the football in you know, the NFL. Is, is there an up-and-coming team or just somebody that caught your eye, non-homer-related, that was like
0: so a team that improved the most of the draft. That
2: you're like, man, they have a, they have a vision on what they're kind of trying to do to improve their team, and like, it, they not they might not be good now, but do you feel like there was a team that stood out to you that was like, they had their stuff together
0: this draft to go to the next step? Mm, I mean, there's there's teams I know that I feel like had a good draft. If like, you had to pick one, oh, man. is there
2: any of might like stand out to you? I mean, I can go first if you want. I
0: like, you know, its is gonna be crazy. Like, you know, earlier we were talking about steals of the draft, and I I didn't even get mine out there. And a lot of people may not look at this one, but the team that I thought they probably did the most to help them get to the next level is a team that everyone's already talking about trying to get to the next level. And it's a team that was able to get Greedy Williams in a later pick. It's the Cleveland Browns. I like wow. that book. Like, if you go through and look at what they did in the draft. And, and like they did they get
2: him at?
0: They didn't have a first-round pick. Second round? They got round. him
1: at, like, early 40s.
0: Yeah. And, and he was projected a top-20 pick in some mock drafts.
1: Yep. Uh, he was a steal. That was an excellent pick. Who's running the Browns now? John Dorsey? Right? Yep. Nice name. Yeah, Man, in a year and a half there, two drafts, free agent moves, he is a ton with what's in front of him. He's made good moves.
0: I mean, is there anything you like other than Grady for the Browns, though? I mean they 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 addressed uh, offensive line. They addressed defense. I mean they 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 went after. So basically, if you looked at the the players they lost, you know, like you, you lose Jabril Peppers in the trade. So what do you do? You go out and you get another guy for the second. Like they just went and did exactly what they needed to do to help the team that's already put together. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's, that's my team right there. They, the, the close second for me would be the Miami dolphins, but they're so far away from being good. It's not going to matter.
1: Well, as much as I hate to say this, there's a couple different directions I could go here. I'm going to give credit to the Jets when it's due you take Quentin Williams at three, and then you pick up, uh, I don't know how I say his name, the boy out of Florida. When your head coach is going to run the offense, you bring in an experienced guy like Greg Williams on the defensive side, you give him some pieces on that side. The Jets did really well, billing to what they already had in place. The Colts are the other team, I would say, that drafted to... Good fits to where they were currently at. Jets and the Colts really impressed me with uh, not making the splashy move, but picks that really fit to what they're going to be this season.
0: I like the Colts a lot, too. I'm right there with you. Can I say one thing?
1: Pat McAfee and that. (laughs) That was great. That was the best part of the draft for me. A couple of minutes. I've seen that a few different times. He kicked ass.
0: Just just him saying, I was the punter, and I know a lot of you may not recognize me, because quite frankly, we just didn't punt very often when we played the Tennessee Titans.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to talk trash, because I was the punter. (laughs) Uh, That was awesome. I mean, I'm a big McAfee fan, but he had a couple minutes that'll live forever.
2: I mean, for me... If I'm going to pick a team for the first round, I already talked about it earlier. I'm talking about uh, the Raid. <laughs> no, I think, I think the Redskins did a nice job picking Haskins and then Sweat in the first round. They did. If, if you're t- talking about overall draft, I mean, I hate to say this, but I got to go with the Patriots. They had 10 draft picks, and they addressed several needs like they always do. It's kind of an un- patriotic kind of draft, drafting that receiver the first round, but that's what he did and they feel like it's going to be a nice target for Brady. <laughs> they addressed the uh, defensive line and the offensive line, so I feel like the Patriots I, kind of retooled again.
1: I was just going to say it because, you know, you brought it up. Who knows what we'll say in three years, but to be honest with you, Patriots absolutely killed the draft. And and, and they did and the only reason why I
0: wouldn't go with them, you know, I when you have 10 draft picks, like you, you can't screw that up. I mean, you can fill almost every need that you, you, you have and that's what they do. And they're, they're always good I mean, at that. They produce. I mean, but how many years, I mean, Biggie being as, as clear, you know, headed as you can on this, how many years in a row have the Patriots had more than seven draft picks?
1: Well, how many years in a row have they had that many, or how many years in a row have they made that many? Because they typically have more than that draft picks going in, but they don't always make the picks. They trade out.
0: Right, that's what I mean. Going in, so the day of the draft, this is what you got. Now, if you've traded to get up somewhere, that that doesn't count. That's that's part of what like you're
1: coming at. into this year, coming into this year's draft, they actually had twelve picks coming in into. This year's draft. They flipped a couple of them to move up and down picks for next year. Um it's one of the things Belichick does. He works a draft really well. Traded Garoppolo a couple of years ago, we got killed for it. Two of the players, there's well, really three players that are directly related to that pick are Joan Williams, Damian Williams, and Yonde can just. I'm just saying that's what they turned Garoppolo into when he was a guy who had not played for them. You it, you never know how anything turns out, but as far as being able to turn one pick into two or three solid picks, he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers, and it's been that way for a long time. That's why the Patriots are good.
2: So you got all that for a porn star magnet.
1: You know, that porn star made him blow his knee out. He needs to move on to regular <laughs>
0: That was in the (laughs) (laughs) off-season.
1: Yeah, you're right. He's in California now. He needs to find, like, a regular Hollywood. Like, go after Margaret Robbie. She seems like a crazy woman.
0: Did you just call her Margaret? Margaret?
1: Yes, I call everyone Margaret. You've never called me Margaret. Well, I'm not to your face.
2: (laughs) Just get her a teddy bear and ask her, you know, Daddy likes that kind of thing, and go on your way. That was great, by the way.
0: Great scene. Uh, It was. That was. Margo. Yeah, yeah. Margo.
2: Oh.
1: (laughs) You know, he's actually after that uh, Scarlett Johansson, who says she's... You know, surprisingly single. Is that the one? Johansson?